I'm going to speak to you tonight as soon as I take a drink of water. On the topic of delayed but not denied. There are things that have been delayed, but they have not been denied. You know, when Daniel prayed, it took that angel a little bit of time to get there. It seemed like things were delayed. But the Bible says, when you prayed, Daniel, your prayer was heard right then. And the angel was sent. So I believe that when we pray in faith, things start lining up. If we don't back off and say, oh, shook, so I guess it didn't work. I guess, I guess they prayed for me and, 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 and I, on Sunday and I felt worse on Monday. I guess it didn't work. No, we continue to fight the fight of faith with the word of God and praising our healing Jesus. Amen. Amen. Things can be delayed, but that does not mean that they are denied. Things happen in life sometimes and they take us off course. At times it seems that we have missed opportunities that we, it'll never be right again. We've missed too many opportunities. We ask ourselves questions like, I wonder what might have happened if. I wonder what might have happened if I would have married my childhood sweetheart. I wonder what might have happened if I had not just married my childhood sweetheart. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a flip side. It doesn't really matter what would have happened. God's interested in what can still happen. We're still breathing. God's still here. And things are happening in the kingdom of God. Some, uh, some will say, I, I know I had a call of God on my life years ago, but I walked away from it and I got into sin. And, well, I can't go back and change yesterday. No, you can't. And I'd like to say, if you have, have received the Lord and then you walked away at some point in time or you committed a sin at some point in time since you were saved, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. We've all been there. In some denominations, people say, well, you know, you've just sinned away your opportunity. You don't have a chance. Those people make me mad. I mean, they do not know squat about God's mercy. They tell people there's no options left for you. Um, Some churches are so quick to write people off and they'll say, that one's just a reprobate. That one's just a reprobate. Well, I like to study things, so I'm going to share with you. I didn't get to this Sunday. I mentioned it, but 14 warning signs of a reprobate mind. And you know what? You're not going to find yourself on the list. Hallelujah. But this may help you sometime with somebody to understand what's going on in some of the minds of the people who are in charge of our country. I hate to say that. And I pray for them. And I pray if there is any way, shape, or form that the mercy of God can touch them and draw them in, that they will be saved. But if it can't, I pray that they will be removed from office. Their power will be diminished. We need to be praying for our country like never before. Fourteen warning signs of a reprobate mind. One, the scriptures no longer convict you. Number two, your own conscience. 
no longer convicts you and you become numb to the things of God. Three, starts losing the ability to discern from right and wrong. Four, starts calling evil good and good evil. Five, has ignored the voice of God so long that the Holy Spirit is on mute in your life. The word of God, number six, is no longer the final authority in your life. It has lost its value in your life and you do what you feel is right instead of what God says is right. Starts to believe a lie as truth and walks in strong deception. Wow. I mean, we all know people like this. We know people like this. And the, and the unfortunate thing is when some of them get in places of power. A lot of them get in places of power in nations because Satan loves to find somebody with a reprobate mind because that's somebody he can use. That's somebody he can use. Starts to believe a lie as the truth and walks in strong deceptions. Eight, starts making excuses for the way you are. Nine, the desire to please God is no longer there. You only strive to do things that please yourself. Ten, get disgusted at the sound of doctrine, sound doctrine, and cannot stomach it, hate truth, and prefer fables. You are eleven, you are uncorrectable. Anyone who challenges you to grow in the things of God, you see them as an enemy. Twelve, has the itching ear syndrome, only wants to hear those things that tickle the flesh and the emotions. Number thirteen, you have established your own righteousness in your eyes. You're okay. You have become blind to your own shortcomings that offend God, and you measure yourself by the failure of others instead of the Bible. Haven't you heard that? Well, I'm not so bad. You should see what he did, or did you hear what she did? I'm not so bad compared to them. I'm great. Even if you, number 14, even if you do see and recognize these signs in your life, you don't care. You have a, oh well, attitude about life and no sense of urgency to change. Wow. I, I, I found that online and I thought, you know, I, I knew what reprobate meant, but I, uh, I thought, boy, that's, that really kind of breaks it down there. I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of all of those things. It, it, it's scary. When we were pastors in Indiana, we had a man who came to our services for a while who had been in a really, really strong uh, religious church, everything by the law, and if you mess up, you're on your way to hell, and there's no hope for you. And this man had been in leadership in high levels in this kind of church, and he fell away for a while. And he went back to the church to try to make things right. And they said, you, you can never be forgiven. You can never be forgiven. And he would come to our church and he would sit in the service. And he was a terrified, miserable man. No matter, I mean, we talked to him personally numerous times. No matter what we would tell him about the blood of Jesus, he'd say, it's too late. I know those things. But it's too late. I've even preached some of those things. But it's too late. I can't, I can't return to God. There wasn't a prayer that we could pray. There was not a deliverance that we could get to him because 
his heart was broken for his sin and he wanted God, but he was so brainwashed by the legalism of his church and by Satan that he couldn't receive it. The accuser of the brethren. We've all had our little bouts with him, haven't we? He had convinced this man that this man was un- he, that he was unable to receive forgiveness. We tried to tell him that the fact that he wanted to come to church, the fact that he was sorry for his sins, the fact that he was longing to return to God, were all signs that the Holy Spirit was trying to draw him back. But he couldn't receive it. He could not receive it, and he. Drifted away. I don't know whatever happened to him. But it was one of the saddest situations I've ever run into. But that's why I hate religion and legalism. That's what it does to people. It's wrong. You see, if Satan can get you to reject and disqualify yourself, then you've done his job for him and you've already become self-condemned. So it's easy for him. He had more accusations to hurl and hurl and hurl and hurl than you can come up with answers for in your mind. He'll tell you, you're just too old. Uh, You're just too young. Well, you, you're just too fat. Well, you, you're, uh, you don't have enough education. How could you ever expect to do good things, big things for God? You don't have a doctorate at the end of your name. You're an uneducated person. I, I happen to know some fishermen that Jesus snatched up who would have fit right into that category. But God used them. Thank God for education. Thank God for doctorates. Thank God for all kinds of education if it, when it's done in a godly way. But that's not the qualification that rules you out if you don't have it. Thank God, or I would have never been standing here preaching today. He'll say, you had a call of God on your life, but you missed it. You chose sin, and now you can't ever be used by God again. Or your past was so bad, God can't use you. Your past, mm -mm, no, nobody's going to listen to somebody like you had a past like yours. You were beaten, abused, sexually molested. You're emotionally so damaged, there's no way that you could help anybody. You have a bad temper and you've hurt people. God can't use people with anger issues. You got into drugs or alcohol or pornography and you're just too dirty. God doesn't love you anymore. You committed sexual sin. Now your destiny is thrown away. I'm telling you, delayed maybe. But not denied. He'll say, you've committed the unpardonable sin. You weren't a good mom or you weren't a good dad. And I can go on and on and on with the list of accusations. And if you listen to it long enough, you'll be wrapped in a shroud of hopelessness. At some point, you have to immerse yourself in the word of God. And let the washing of the water of the word and the blood of Jesus Clean you up again and put you back on course. Jesus paid the price. His grace is sufficient. Thank God. 
You may have known the Lord and walked away for a while. I, I wasn't perfect. I don't know about you. Maybe you were. But when I got saved, I had a crazy background. And it took me a while to get some junk out of my life. I was not suddenly perfect Pastor Pam that you see today. Ha! <laughs> but God's presence daily cleanses me. Daily cleanses me. And I need it. Because there's always new stuff. The closer you get to God, and he starts turning the spotlight on, yeah, you're doing pretty good, but have you looked at this little area here? Ooh, yeah, okay. His grace is sufficient. He's only showing it to you so he can clean it up, not to condemn you. I think I've said this before in this church, but when you lose sight of who you are by beholding who he is, you'll never want to see yourself again. You want to see him. Him. Moses, champion of God, he had a bad temper. He even killed a man. He led the people in the wilderness. He was a wonderful leader. Amen? A wonderful leader. All those people, those whining, moaning, groaning, why can't we go back to Israel, people? Don't you know? You would have wanted to just smack them down, give them their sack lunch and say, head on out back to Israel, kiddo. But Moses prayed for him, and he he was like a pastor to yeah. all those people. Yeah, but in, what happened? At the end, Jesus told him to speak to a rock, and he hid it instead. And he didn't get to go into the promised land, but he got to see it. God showed it to him. He looked at it, and he saw it. But would you say uh, Moses was a failure? Would you say Moses was a lousy leader? No, absolutely not. Be careful when someone misses the mark and you want to come along and bring the hammer of judgment down on them. God restores wherever restoration is possible. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 from the NIV. It says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Matthew 7, 1 through 5 from the Message Bible. I primarily read the King James Bible most of the time, but sometimes I just get a kick out of some of these other translations. They are just too cute. And this one is Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you, when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's the whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face, and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. <laughs> David was described in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. Was he? Yes, he was. But he saw a woman that he wanted. That woman was married. But he had to have her, so he had her, and she got pregnant, and he tried to get her husband to come home. And 
and sleep with her so they wouldn't know it was his and the husband would, didn't, wouldn't do it. He was too devoted to fighting for David. You know, oh, my gosh. So David had to get another plan. He just put out a contract on the guy. You know, set things up so that the guy would be killed in battle. Yeah. Now, how in the world can that be a man after God's own heart? He knew how to repent. I'm telling you what, it, when something goes wrong, I have learned if I make it big to me, it's not so big to God. If I try to explain it and minimize it, God is not real pleased. And he'll have to deal with me sternly. But, I mean, if you're kids, you know how kids are. You have one kid that do something, they'll dig their heels in, and they, they, they won't admit they did it until unless you've got them on video camera. But And then you'll have another one that makes a mistake. Our daughter Julie was this way. She, she would get in trouble. She would do something she knew she wasn't supposed to do. And she would come running and crying, and she'd come to us, and she's like, I know I hurt you. I know I wasn't supposed to do that, and I did it. I know I hurt you. Go ahead and spank me. Go ahead, because I deserve it, and it hurts me worse knowing I hurt you than the spanking anyway. Guess what? It worked for her. And it wasn't a game that she played. It was her heart. It was her heart. Did David suffer for his actions? He did. He did. His his destiny was delayed, but it wasn't denied. And then, this is what I mean, Ruby Ann, this just gets me. It gets me every time I think about it. Because it shows me there's hope for me. There's hope for me. This gets me. Okay, David had his wonderful wives. He had... Abigail, oh, she was just such a godly woman. He had these wives. But when it came time for Solomon to be born, which wife gave birth to Solomon? Bathsheba. Oh, the merciful, cleansing love of our Father. There's hope for all of us in there. And, you know, if you're watching online tonight and you're thinking... I don't know why I turned this on tonight. I don't usually even watch this. But I'm away from God. I want to tell you, there's a reason that I'm preaching this. Because these, these people that are in this room tonight, they're so spiritual, they'll probably sprout wings and fly out of their cars after service. But somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this. And maybe it's you. Or maybe it's one of your loved ones. God loves you. Jesus died for you. Run to him, not from him. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on that cross for my sins. I bring my life to you. Come into my heart. Forgive me and cleanse me. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. And I'll follow you. And with your help, I will do mighty things in your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I keep hearing the name Everett. So if somebody in here or somebody online is praying for somebody named Everett or your name is Everett, I just want you to know God loves you enough just to call your name out tonight. That's how. That's what a good, good father he is. 
Jesus did not come on a find and destroy mission. He came on a seek and restore mission. I, I, we were in a meeting in Indianapolis one time. Uh, there was an evangelist there and Um, the evangelist was, he was, he was launching a ministry in France and he needed $210,000. So I just wrote him a check. No, I wish I could someday. But, um, he was, he had Bibles, beautiful Bibles. And he said for every, anybody who would give a hundred dollars towards this, this, Ministry in France. He was going to give him one of these Bibles. It was a beautiful Bible. And of course, you know how they do when they tell you all about it. And you think, I can't live without that Bible. But it, it was a really nice Bible. And I was sitting there, I'm like, ooh, my Bible doesn't have that. My Bible doesn't have I, I like having me one of them Bibles. I don't have no hundred dollars, Lenny. You're looking at the wrong person. Little do I know, my daughter Julie is sitting next to me. She's probably about 13 at the time. And her Bible, She'd used it so much it was falling apart, and she really needed a new Bible. And she was thinking, my Bible is so ragged. I would love to have one of those Bibles, but I don't have $100. But neither one of us said anything to each other or anything out loud. We just sat there, both of us, wishing that we we believed in the cause for the ministry in France, but we also believed in those Bibles. <laughs> and we wanted one. But, you know, you just you just kind of sit there and let it go by when you know somebody says there's a Rolls Royce out there. If you've got a hundred dollars you can have it and you don't have a hundred dollars you can't get your hands on it. You say, What are you gonna do? Borrow it from Marie. <laughs> You're gonna I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, so we just kinda of let it go. Well, there was a man sitting behind us and he came up I mean, no, he didn't come up. He had been sitting there through service. We had not exchanged any kind of glances, words, nothing, honey. And he took his hands and he tapped me and Julie on the shoulder. And he put a $100 bill in my hand. And he put a $100 bill in Julie's hand and said, go down there and get yourselves one of those Bibles. Whoa! God, God knows even the simple things in our lives. The small things. They're important to Him. And, and, and that man, He didn't know when He sat down there that He was going to be giving a hundred dollars to each of us. We didn't, certainly didn't know where, when we sat down there that there was a man behind us who was capable. I mean, I wasn't capable of giving anybody a hundred dollars at that point in my life. Uh, so I mean, that was a big deal. And so we're sitting there, and they they were giving out Bibles, and they raised part of the money. It went from they needed two hundred and ten thousand down to oh, and I need one hundred eighty-five thousand. So I'm not good at math, or I'd tell you how much they'd raise, but <laughs> that is not my strong suit. Anyway, it was down to one hundred eighty-five thousand. That's that's what was left that he needed, and the the line for people coming to get in Bibles was was. Kind of long, but not that long. <laughs> and so and this man behind us, I didn't know what he was doing, but I just, he kind of motioned to an usher. And the usher came over and he whispered something to him. 
and uh, the usher left. And then the next thing I knew, the the wife of the evangelist who was preaching came up to this guy and just started hugging him, hugging him. And um, they went back up there, and they didn't say who it was. Of course, I knew, but they said, someone here has just donated the rest of the money, the whole $185,000 that we need. Yay! Glory! I wasn't only sitting in the presence of somebody who could give out $100 bills. This dude could give out $185,000. Let me tell you his story. He had been dying. He was not saved. He had been dying in the hospital several years before. Unsaved. No, no hope for recovery. And this evangelist named Jimmy Swaggart came to his hotel room, hotel room, his hospital room and prayed for, prayed with him for him to get saved and prayed for him to be healed, and he was raised up, and he loved Brother Swaggart. I love Brother Swaggart. Do I agree with everything he said? No, but you know what? Sometimes I don't even agree with something I said last night. So, you know, I'm glad God didn't write Brother Swaggart off. Don't you just don't you just love how the mercy of God, Amen. how the mercy of God works? It's amazing. It's amazing. That man owned, I think it was called Southwest Van Lines, which was a big trucking company. Trucks, I mean, he, he was a, a, a very successful businessman, but he would have died if Brother Swagger hadn't gone to his room and prayed for him. And not only would he have died, he would have died and gone to hell. <sighs> Forgiveness restores. Unforgiveness, on the other hand, is deadly and it destroys. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but in Matthew 18:23 through 35, it tells the story of the certain king who called to count his servants. And there was one who was brought to him that owed him 10,000 talents. And the guy said, oh, forgive me. I'll, I'll, give me time. I'll pay you. Whatever. The king forgave him. The huge debt that he had incurred. Then that man went out and grabbed another guy that owed him some money by the throat and said, pay me, pay me what you owe me. And the guy said, just give me some time. I will, I will. He hadn't thrown in jail. And the king heard about it. And he said, his debt is due again. I forgave him the debt. But now he's going to have to pay every farthing, everything. See, here's what I, the way I see this. And I, I believe this was a vision from God because it was so plain when I saw it. I was sitting in the church and I saw it like a person that was covered in a big red blanket. And I, I was aware that they had sinned. I don't know what, what they had done or whatever. But I saw somebody else going over and reaching under the edge of that blanket and pulling out their sin. 
and showing it. But attached to that person's sin was this person's sin, their own sin. When you go under the blood and start dragging up things on other people, you're dragging out stuff on yourself too. And it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Verse 33, Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. People who like to broadcast other people's faults and failures are like, I call it the spirit of Ham. You remember Noah's son, Ham? Noah got drunk and was laying in a cave naked and his son Ham saw him and he just ran and he told his other two brothers, hey, dad's over here in the cave drunk and naked, come see. The other brothers walking backwards with a cloak and cover Moses. When Noah found out what happened, he said, Ham, you're cursed with a curse and you will be a servant to servants. Here he was. Here he was, one of those on the ark that God spared. But he lost it all because of he wanted to be the judge and he wanted to expose the faults of other people. Beware, Christians, of people that you get together with who want to tear apart the pastor, who want to, who have something negative to say about every person on TV, who they just don't like this and they just don't like that, and they criticize this person and they criticize that person. Don't hang out with them. Don't hang out with them. They're judgmental. The woman at the well had been married five times. Five times. And was then living with a man that she wasn't married to. But... Jesus found her, didn't he? He found her. And she ended up going back and testifying of Jesus to her town. Rahab had been a harlot, but she helped God's men. And her name ended up in Hebrews 11 in the Heroes Hall of Faith book. The chapter of champions. Solomon took himself so many wives that he ended up worshiping their pagan gods. Jonah refused to go preach where he was sent. And a whale swallowed him up, but it was swimming in the direction where he was supposed to be going. Sometimes whale university is what it takes to get us back on course. But I would rather go to whale university than end up a reprobate, wouldn't you? Amen. Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul, stood holding the garments as was stoned and had gone and got letters authorizing him to hunt down and imprison Christians. Samson had a call of God on his life and he just threw it all away for Delilah. But in the end, he was publicly humiliated. His eyes were gouged out. And he was, he was treading like an animal, green, like an animal. But his hair was growing. And his heart towards God was growing. And he came and said, take me to the pillars. 
Take, lead me to the pillars. I can't see them for myself. My eyes are gouged out. But lead me to the pillars. And in his death, he destroyed more Philistines than he ever did in his life. He hit his own hands. His strength returned. He pushed that whole place down. Wow. And I'm, and I'm telling you this because just like Samson in that last heroic act, God is bringing people back. That if you aren't careful, you're going to say, no, uh-uh, I don't want, mm-mm, I don't trust that one. He is bringing some people back to church who left a long time ago and who have been out in the pig pen, but who, like the prodigal son, are saying, I have to go back to the Father's house. There's something about when you've known the presence of God. There's something about when you get away, your life is empty. And you know what you need to come back to. And it's hard. I know a lot of wonderful men and women of God who have gone through public scandals, who have have just done all kinds of things, but that God has restored. People, they're not, these Christians are not down for the count. They're up for the fight. And we need to embrace them. And we need to bring them in. And we need to work with them. They can't see where the pillars are. We got to lead them back to the pillars. You know, yeah, here's the word of God. This is what it says on this. Here's the spirit of God. Here's Jesus. We've got to lead them back to the pillars. In this lukewarm Laodicean time that we're living, opportunities are going to be released to launch out in the fire of God and change this world. Romans 11:29 for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. It may have been delayed, but it hasn't been denied. You may have missed some things that you can't go back and pick up. But God has so much more in store for your future. Don't keep looking back. Look forward. You came into this world with a plan of God stamped indelibly on you. The devil tells you that you don't know the right people. You don't have the right connections. You don't have this. You don't have that. I remember when Walt and I used to watch Jim and Tammy on TV. And one time he looked at me and he said, we'll do that someday. I'm like, yeah, right. Sure we will. And uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get it. Can you imagine? I didn't get it. He got it. God gave it to him instead of me. But I knew better than to. You know, open my big blab mouth and call him down on it. But I'm like, whatever. Okay, you know. We, uh, this is my last story and then I'm going to close. I've got like six more stories here. Good stories. I'll have to save them for another time. But just um, of miraculous things that God's done in our life. But we go to, do you remember David Sapp? Singer, gospel singer. Anybody, anybody remember David Sapp? He was not a, ever a big famous guy, but he used to be on TBN a lot. And we had invited him to minister at our church. And at that point in time, TBN had a station in Richmond, Indiana, and the Indianapolis big studio had not been built yet. So we, it was about an hour from Indianapolis. David was on TBN at Richmond. We drove over there to pick him up after the program 
Um, well, we went to watch him on the program and then pick him up afterwards, and we met the manager of the station while while we were there. Anyway, drove him back because he was going to be preaching at our church that weekend. So, and preaching and singing. And so, um, next thing we know, we get a call from the manager at CBN. She's like, I was so impressed with you two. I would like for you to come on the, on the show as guests. Like, guests on CBN? You all Gomer. Wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, we'd love to. So we go over there, and the guy that is interviewing us, we start telling him these supernatural stories about things God's done. He throws his notes down, and he's like, You mean to tell me Kenneth Copeland bought your church for you? You mean to tell me? He was just, like, blown away with the stuff we were telling him. And so it, it was a good program, and we were... We were blessed and highly favored to have been invited to be on that program. Well, then we get another phone call from TBN Richmond from the manager. And she says, uh, I happen to, uh, you didn't know this, but I sent the tape of your interview to Jan Crouch. And she would like for you to do an audition tape for you to be host of TBN. Well, we went down. I mean, we filmed it, and we had done television. We we were experienced in television. We had a program on Lester Summerall's station, and he used to do, you remember at night when the TV would go off, they would have some preacher come on there, and they would give some nice, sweet meditation of the night. So everyone was probably asleep before they into their meditation. He would go down there and say, in the name of Jesus. And I mean, he'd say, Satan, you have no place in this city. And just, I mean, he would just let her rip. They said they got more calls and, and more people loving that. So they just use him all the time. Uh, he knew what he was doing. He knew how to move with this camera, that camera. So anyway, we did the audition tape and they sent that to Jan. She approved us, and we hosted TBN for like 14 years, I think. Just like, just like God had showed him with when we when he was watching Jim and Tammy. God has a way, and this is the thing. This is the thing that I want you to get carry away with you tonight. First of all, understand. That the things, whatever the delays have been, you're not denied. You're not rejected. God still has a plan for your life. And understand that God God knows how to network you. He knows how to put you in position. He knows who you need to know. He knows the whole kit and caboodle about what's necessary to get you where he wants you to go. So don't ever, 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 ever buy into I can't because. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. In closing, one scripture, Psalm 139. You saw me, oh, back to the beginning. Okay, is that it? I didn't even have got my book here. Is that, that where it starts? 16? Okay. You saw me before I was born. 
Every day of my life was recorded in your book. So how about abortion? How can anybody say that's okay? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Wow. Your story has been written, baby. And you are still in position to possess the land. You are still in position to claim your inheritance. Destiny delayed is not destiny denied. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if you could see what I'm seeing in the spirit, this atmosphere is charged with potential for God. This little group of people right here tonight are here for a reason. Each and every one of you have been hand-picked for God's glory and God's honor. You've got a major assignment on your life, every single one of you. Your faithfulness, and I put this on, on Facebook this week, faithfulness, favor, my definition of favor, favor, F, Faithfulness, oh, no, A, I better look at my thing. I'm not even spelling favor right. F-A-V-O-R. Okay, it's not that hard, Pam. Favor. Faithfulness accelerating, overwhelming, F-A-V-O, no, faithfulness accelerating. i got to look it up. can't believe it. I guess I should have closed with that scripture like I said I was going to. Faithfulness accelerating victorious overflowing results. Faithfulness accelerating victorious overflowing results. Your faithfulness will always get God's attention. God's favor is surrounding you today. So dream bigger and expect God to do great and mighty things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hands and worship him. Oh, Father, we're just putting ourselves in position right now. We're putting ourselves in position right now. We expect your favor to flow in our lives. Lord, we repent of anywhere that we've missed the mark or, or failed in our assignment. And we just bring it under the blood of Jesus right now. And we say that we will do that which you have foreordained for us to do. We will walk in our calling. We will fulfill our assignment. No job too small. No job too large. We'll be there, God. We'll do it. We're ready. We're hungry for you. We want you, Lord. We want you, Lord. We want you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hand on your chest. Say this right now. I stir up the gifts that you have put inside me, Father. I will fulfill my destiny. I may have been delayed, but I have not been denied. 
And I'll bring you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, before we close, anybody have a prayer request? Okay, I I have one. Um, I was sharing with Jerry Lee, and, and uh, I hadn't heard from Don and Mary Burris for a while. They Don and Mary were a part of this church for a long time, and uh, I was asking, you know, if she'd heard from her or anything, and uh, they hadn't. And you, it, up until about five weeks ago, I used to get a message from Mary about every three weeks or so, and she was battling cancer. And she had a double mastectomy, and she would just, you know, I would pray for her, and we stayed in contact, like like I said, about every three weeks, I'd hear from her, and then her daughter came and stayed with her, and um, I haven't, and I know she, she used to be on Facebook a lot, and she's in chemo and all that now, and her daughter had to go back, and I haven't heard anything from her since her daughter went back, which has been a few weeks ago, and I don't know how she's doing or, or anything. So God just God just put it on my heart tonight on the church for us just to pray for Mary. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for Mary. Lord, we pray for the healing hand of Jesus to touch her. Touch her now, God. Drive out that cancer in Jesus' name. Lord, if she's, it, I know that that when you're sick, it's so easy to just just become so weak and just give up. I pray, God, for a warring spirit and a spirit of faith to rise up within her. And Lord, I'll contact her tomorrow. God, I but I don't know. You put her so strongly on my heart on the way to church tonight. And so, God, we just come in agreement as a body for Don and Mary that you move in their lives mightily with your healing power in Jesus' name. And those of you that are watching online, you're saying, what about me? God's touching you right now. God's healing presence is there right now. That ankle, yeah, yeah it's been hurting for a long time, and, and, and you, don't know what, you don't know what to do. You don't know what else to do. You've tried everything. Right now, just put your hand on that ankle and let the power of God touch it. Touch that ankle, God. I, I, I stretch out my hand as if I were there in that room. And I say, ankle, be healed. Be healed. All inflammation, everything that's wrong in that ankle, I call it right. I call it normal, back in the normal, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Marty and Jeannie. Marty has had several heart attacks. He's in the hospital. And we just pray for Marty and Jeannie right now, God. We pray for your power to go into that hospital room. I don't know what Marty's face, what his mind is saying right now, God, but I know what your word is saying. And, Lord, I just pray thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. And that you touch Marty and Jeannie, God. Just give them both faith and strength and hope in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lisa. God's doing a new thing in Lisa. 
yeah, you don't look, you don't, you don't look like it's happening. But you have a call of God on your life. And God has not given up on you, Lisa. I break the power of darkness off you in Jesus' name. And release the life of God and the call of God back upon you. Holy Spirit, just engulf Lisa. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray over this entire group tonight. I thank you for them. I thank you for each precious, wonderful person that's here. And I just pray, God, that you will bless them, bless their families, that not one of their family members or our family members will go to hell, but that they will come to Jesus. I pray, God, that favor, finances, health, and victory will be upon them and that they will, everyone, have a magnificent testimony of your great work within them. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.